Hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Floor is Rising, with host Sabretooth, a professional NFT collector, and Kizu, a professional art critic. On this podcast we talk deeply about the business of creating, collecting and analyzing NFTs. So, if you are a creator or a collector of NFTs, jump in. The water is warm. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Floor is Rising. With us today is OG crypto artist, Rob Nurse. Rob Nurse, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Rob Nurse, tell us, how did you get into NFTs? NFTs, it's so funny because uh, that, that moniker really didn't even exist back then. It's like during the dark age, it's pretty much kind of funny. But uh, I got in around like, you know, um, 2016. During the time I was um, I was beta testing this game called Spells of Genesis. So uh, the very first introduction to NFTs was uh, beta testing that game, and uh, you know the, the whole concept of tokenizing and adding an image to it. So yeah, I was just messing with that, you know, just helping out. You know, I was on their Slack, you know, kind of contributing and just saying, you know, maybe you know, just just uh, just beta testing and, and providing input and stuff like that. But after that, you know, I was using the uh, counterparty exchange on on uh, on Bitcoin, and when you go to the exchange, you can see all the assets and stuff. So you can see the asset names and stuff. If you make a, if you make a token or you make a certain token count, you can give it an asset name and stuff. So every so often, I check it and see what's going on. And then you know, I saw a rare Pepe asset, and, and the first thing I said was, uh, I, "Is someone trying to preserve memes here? What's going on with that?" So, so basically, I, you know, I, I had to investigate and I found that there was a telegram chat and uh, jumped in there and lo and behold, there was a, there was a nice ragtag group of individuals that wanted to uh, keep this going. And uh, we decided to make a collection out of it. And, um, you know, we started doing series and then had a bunch of people start coming in from all over the world. We had artists from every which known way of the planet, planet, to be honest. Um, you know, I think we had like about maybe 2000 people in that room. And um, they were all contributing works, and we got up to about maybe 1,774 pieces of, uh, of art for that entire collection throughout the, the year afterwards. And so, yeah, that was my first introduction. It's funny that you mentioned the act of preserving memes. Is, is it something that for you is very important that it remains a meme-based culture, or do you think that NFTs have, have a way to go uh, in terms of of moving on from that. I think meme culture is, is almost part of crypto art and NFT's DNA. So I don't think that's gonna go away. And to be frank, I think it's I think it's good. I don't know. I think people are kind of like cluing up to cluing up to the vibe of that. And I think um, it's kind of interesting because I think you know the rare Pepe meme, you know, a lot of people ask me like, well why did why did we why did we choose that? And you know, I didn't I didn't choose that. Somebody else did. But I think all of us kind of instinctively knew that First, you know, Pepe is the, you know, he's like the, it's like the Mickey Mouse of the internet. You know, it's, it's, it's such a, it's, it's one of the most iconic memes of all time. And for some reason it just persists. There's just something about it where people just are inclined to just, they, they, if they got to express a meme or something like, you know, Pepe is one of the first ones to, you know, people go gravitate to, to, to do that. So I think collectively we all just kind of like secretly understood that like this was probably the most, uh, you know, the most quote unquote dank meme. They make comparisons to like Dada, Dadaism and stuff like that. But really, it's like tongue in cheek, kind of comical type of art, you know. So I think there is kind of a common thread between those two different like movements in a sense, you know. 
because mostly, you know, with meme culture, it's 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 based on hilarity. You know, it's got to be funny for it to keep propagating. So, yeah. So I think meme culture uh, is definitely one of the cornerstones of, of crypto art and NFTs. A lot of platforms and a lot of, you know, new new startups, they're kind of just leapfrogging over the whole reason why we're we're in it to begin with. And for me, I, con- I constantly kind of put out there like, hey, you know, um, first of all, you know, anybody that's trying to close source their stuff, like that's not how this network started from the beginning. You know, Bitcoin was open. Bitcoin was e- easily copyable. That's why we have Ethereum. That's why we have every other blockchain. So like as far as like gatekeeping, I'm always kind of just always trying to push back against it. I mean, I understand like cur- curatorial stuff, but um, but still like, you know, you see OpenSea, you see all these different you know, platforms starting to get really like almost going back to web too. It's like, ah, you know, it's frustrating. And I get it though, you know, like there's, there's a lot of things that they're doing on their back end that they have to like, you know, adhere to legal stuff or whatever. But um, I always make those comments out there just to just kind of keep that vibe going. I mean, not everything can be perfect, but at least I can be outspoken about it and just, you know, have people think about it. Like if you start something up, like keep it open. So those are my thoughts. I just, um, I'm not sure the future of Web3, but it, it, I'm just trying to like, there's, there's, a, there's a small window we got. And it's like, we should really not revert back to the old ways, you know, so. We've had artists come on that, you know, they talk a lot about community and, and even to the extent of like social justice and activism. And, and, and they're, they're right. quite serious in terms of what they want to accomplish with, with NFTs. In addition to the environmental impact and, and trying to like, you know, choose blockchains and platforms that lessen that impact. And, and so there's, there's something of a social justice movement. It's obviously a minority, but I see, I, I personally see it as part of um, a movement that, that's, that's growing a little bit. And so yeah. I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on, on that. When you look at like, you know, some of these artists that I know, I always, you know, cite like Carlos Martial or, you know, Osanachi, you know, they're, they're coming from parts of the world where literally like it's super hard to break into the art world. <laughs> from those areas and, and the mm-hmm. fact that um, individuals out there can really make whatever they're trying to express, they can, they can put it out to the world, broadcast it and, um, and make a decent living out of that. So for me, as far as like proving that, you know, you're able to circumvent certain like societal structures and get around that and still hit the world. Like that's, that's why we have crypto and that's the beauty of it. So when it comes to like, you know, any type of movement or, something you got to say or, or, or something that's going on in the world. I mean, we have now like, you know, financial power to pick a location in the world and, and send. I, for me, I, I consider like currency, like a, like a love vote in a sense, you know, everybody takes currency serious, but now for me, like with crypto, it, it seems like it's like taking the, the seriousness out of currency, but, but in replacement, it's, it's more like a young type of energy and you can, you can direct that. And so, you know, if there's something going on around the world, it's like to, to send, you know, funds over there, it's, it's, it's instantaneous. There's no middleman that's trying to get involved and maybe conflate those funds. You know, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, certain, uh, uh, certain uh, institutions that might be taking money on the back end. You know, there's always that, that discussion. So the fact that we can do it directly from multiple places around the, you know, the planet, it's awesome. So like, you know, for me, uh, as far as any type of movements and stuff, yeah, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a part. And also when the Hong Kong democracy protests were going on, you know, back when I was in Super Rare, there was a time where we were making all art pieces regarding that, you know, and going back to the Pepe thing, like, you know, they were using Pepe as a symbol of freedom over there. And so like, there was commentary on that. 
and you know we were we were definitely like making commentary about, about what was going on there so i definitely see like in, you know we have all those DAOs now you know um mostly the DAOs now are trying to like you know uh merge with you know uh corporations right now which i think is really odd but um soon enough there's going to be DAOs that will that will support certain movements and, and develop you know and just have financial backing that way it's totally decentralized and i and i'm actually excited about that because whatever's going on around the world i mean usually the problem is that these these movements whatever that whatever that may be like have you know problem with funding usually they get kind of squashed so that's literally the nature of crypto is to circumvent all that and to provide some type of like fight back against to possibly like any tyrannical forces that that you know these people might be going under so i mean that's a long answer i'm sorry but uh yeah but that's uh that's my thoughts at least in the future what, what could happen Ramnes, one of the things you talked about in terms of the crypto art movement is, I think you mentioned that it's uh, it's similar to the to the movie The Artist, where mm-hmm. the, the old actors you know didn't have the skills to kind of make the transition. How do you view that? Yeah, I actually love that question. By the way, thank you for asking that. You know uh, that movie. It was, you know, I, I when I watched it, I, you know, I, I came with some you know preconditions of what I thought it was going to be. I didn't realize that like. You know, it was a silent movie based on the death of silent film. And I was like, oh, this is genius, you know. But I've noticed like the same correlation with what's going on right now. It's like, you know, I mean, with, with the crypto art scene and and the individuals that are all, you know, that all are all are a part of it, you know, it's, it's one big global family. And so, um, you know, I'm seeing, you know, the pop world coming in, you know, and they're coming in, they're saying GM and and wag me and all <laughs> All this stuff, you know, and it's uh, for me, it's it's like, you know, you see that Steve Buscemi meme, like, hello, blockchain kids, you know, like, what are you going to, and I make the joke all the time because it's just, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like, you know, when people are trying too hard to like fit in, you know, it's, I, I just feel like the old pop world is doing that. And uh, it's, it's sort of corny to me, you know, but I get it because it's like fame and notoriety is attention based. So when you start losing that attention, it's like you start, you know, all of a sudden that people have to do a pivot or whatever. But when it comes to them coming in or trying to like understand the culture, I think it's so funny because it's like all of all the people in the crypto art and the NFT space, they have their own almost like language now. You know, we've like almost every week we have a new type of way of communicating a certain type of joke or something. And it happens and it's weird. It's like if you're not if you're not on crypto Twitter and you're not you're not you're not in the town square that much you know there's no way you're going to be able to break into that unless you're dedicated you know there are some people that are dedicated actually like i will say honestly gary v like he when he came in i mean he came in and he talked to everybody so i mean i'll give him props but not every person is like that so so it's weird it's like you know crypto twitter it's it's its own organism and now it seems like it's it's almost a centrifuge of world uh worldly pop culture now i mean you have like we just had paris hilton on you know, Jimmy Fallon last night, you know, talking about board apes. And it's just, it's just a trip seeing that because since being from the very beginning, I didn't know, I knew it was going to be big, but I didn't know how big it was going to get. So, um, and just seeing that is just very interesting. You know, the fact that we were able to break into all these different areas and stuff. But, um, but for me, my, my main concern is, you know, having people that have really worked their asses off, like get run roughshod because of like, you know, corporations coming and stuff. So for me, it's like, I have a little bit of a voice. And so my purpose is to at least just voice like who's been in the space for a long time, who's been working their butts off, who has like like supreme style and, and talent 
And so I feel like it's not my job, but I feel like it's my almost my duty for the new Renaissance to make sure that a lot of these people are people's artwork and and whatever they're doing project wise gets seen. And as far as another small window, I think that's for me, that's important because back in the day, like, you know, I'd research, I'd I'd look up like, you know, uh, history of music and, and art a little bit and like and just movements in general, you know, and those are special when, when those things happen. And we have right now, we have like a real, real special movement, but it's, it's worldwide. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like the, the punk movement, but even like the punk movement or like any type of movement, usually it's, it's, it's tribalistic and it's in one spot of the world, but this time we have it and it's a worldwide family. We have a worldwide, you know, uh, just network. It's really, it really blows my mind actually. Like that's actually one of my most fat, like the thing I fascinate over the most is that we have like some type of art movement, but it's global. It's like, you know, decentralized and so forth. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think is the movement? Like what, what, what sort of encapsulated? Because I mean, as you mentioned, NFTs has basically gone mainstream, right? You can't get more mainstream than, you know, Paris Hilton shilling her NFTs on, on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it, it is mainstream now. And I mean, at the heart of it, I mean, NFT is just a piece of technology, right? But what do you think is that, what encapsulates that movement that's, you know, beyond just the tech, so to speak? I think anybody who's quote unquote made it, you know, no matter where they're from, you know, a lot of us didn't have any connections to, you know, I mean, this this is a whole new industry, right? So, you know, a lot of us have this, you know, we 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 went for it. We didn't ask questions. We didn't ask for favors. We didn't ask, you know, could you get us in this and that? And almost every other industry is like that. I mean, I've worked Hollywood. I've done music. And it's like one of those things you just, no matter how, how, how hard you work, it's not about, it's not about that. It's about who you know, you know, and it's the truth, you know. And in this movement, it's, it's not. It literally just go and engage the network and, and try as many things as possible. And if, and, if, uh, and if you can engage the culture well, you know, like you're, you're rewarded for that. And, and for me, that's like ultimate purity. In an, in an art scene or, or a burgeoning industry, you know? I mean, back in the day, like the best, you know, I mean, there was, there was a golden age of film, you know, but that was usually first generation. Same with music too. You know, the first generation had the spirit of trailblazing. And for me, it's like they had kids, you know? <laughs> so like they have kids and like, they're not going to just give them a, you know, like work a nine to five, they're going to hook them up with a job in the industry, right? So like you have that generation after generation and, and usually kind of waters down and then you look at you look at the film industry now i mean it's like remake remake city you know they're making smurfs they're making whatever you know so so for me like i look at that and i look at the nft space and the nft space is actually it's at its purity right now it's like try anything everybody's excited about using the technology all this stuff and so for me it's like uh i i I could care less about any other industry trying to come in it doesn't matter and especially Financially speaking, it's, you know, I mean, the NFT industry is going to be probably one of the biggest industries ever, primarily because it's a, it's an industry of no industry. Everybody kind of conflates with, you know, NFT as art, you know, NFT art. And for me, I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like NFT can be anything. It could be the car, you know, you can, it's just a verification tool. So um, provenance tool and so forth. So, so yeah, I mean, for me, the, the spirit of, of crypto art, the spirit of all of that, a lot of us just have it in us that we, we made a name for ourselves without any help whatsoever. Um, and we were, we were all in it together. And so when I, when I talk to other artists and stuff, you know, they, they have a lot of questions and stuff, but I say, you know, just, just be persistent, you know, 
engage with the technology, enjoy it. You know, how, I mean, half the time, I mean, you know, when I was doing super rare in the beginning, you know, there were, there weren't any collectors, the, all the collectors you see now, they didn't exist. You know, we didn't have any, you know, uh, collector, you know, we weren't courting collectors from the very beginning. We were just making the artwork and trying to express ourselves. We were excited about what we were doing. So that's usually, I mean, for me, that's, that's the spirit. That's the spirit of crypto to me is that just a bunch of nobodies all over the world. And we just went for it, you know, and, uh, and, and look what we were able to build from that. So, so it's weird. It's like, I think like a, a lot of, a lot of us have that spirit embedded and we're just super, super, you know, psyched about it. And I don't think it'll go away. I mean, every day I'm doing stuff. I, I just, I, I can't believe what happened. You know, it's great. It's a great feeling. And so I try to share that to, to, to newcomers coming in and just let them know what's up. You know? So you have kind of a distinctive sort of a glitchy um, collage kind of feel to, to most of your works. The stuff that feels a little bit different to me, <laughs> I'm interested in, in, in finding out, I guess, how you go about creating like the, the stuff that's different than, than what I would consider kind of the Robness style, so to speak. Sure. I don't know if you actually publicly talked about, which is your secret hick nunk uh creations not your public one but your your secret one that, that, that you dropped yeah that one also feels it feels a little bit glitchy but it feels like quite different than than your work yeah well i guess i can't really describe the art because i'd give it away <laughs> <laughs> but but i will okay so i will explain as to like why i i was like anonymous with it mm. and why i remain that way uh, you know I, when i saw hick at nunk i and finally dabbled with it after I mean, to be honest, I, everybody caught me slipping. I, I usually am able to try to jump on something new as quick as possible. But that time, I was a little lazy. I think uh, Quasimondo got in there pretty quick, and, and I give him props to seeing Kick and Lunk, you know, very very early days. But when I when I started using it, it's just the way it was built. Like I have this thing now where I, I look at platforms and just the, the aesthetic of the platform. I think uh, the aesthetic lends to the artists able to express themselves inside of it. And so for me, I, I, even as, as wonky as Picket Nunk was, there's a bunch of buttons that people didn't know what, you know, if you press this button, what does it do? It's kind of, kind of funny. And in the, in the very beginning of obviously, but, but um, when I started using it, the, the feel of the platform definitely had like this futurist feel. I don't know. I always tell people Picket Nunk is like this spacecraft flying through. It's just flying through outer space and it constantly breaks down, but it's it's just like a junker, but it's like super futuristic. It's really weird, but like that's how I envision the platform. And so for me, I'm like, okay, well, what kind of artwork do I want to make for this? You know, so it's weird. I almost felt like there was like it was a certain type of housing. And so then there's walls to that housing. And um, and the artwork I started making was kind of um, tailor made for that, whatever, you know, however I, I was feeling. but. The anonymity part I was playing with because, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, you know, Pac and XCopy get to have a lot of fun um, with, the, with the Anon thing, you know? And considering I already doxed myself, I'm like, well, how do, how do I even get in that arena, you know? You know, I looked at Hick and Nunk and the way it was built and, you know, you can just mint with an, with an anonymous, you know, account. You don't have to put, you know, all your information in and just, you just drop it. So, so I go, okay, that's, there's an escape route. You know, I can probably use this to, to, to have a little fun. And so, so I started minting pieces and um, it's funny, there was, there was a little community there that was waiting for me to go there. You know, they're like, Oh, when is, you know, when's Rob is going to mint a piece on Hickenlock, you know? And, and for me, I was like, you know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to drop something, you know? And, and then I would go to Twitter and I say, okay, um, 
I release something. If somebody collects it, I'll let you know, but I'm not going to like say what the art piece was or what it was, but I'll just say it was collected. And so I dropped the piece. It was collected. And then I immediately went to Twitter and say, you know, it was picked up. Uh, congrats to the collector, but I never said, you know, what it was or who collected it. And so it turned into like this game, you know, and every time I drop a piece, I'd go to Twitter and I, oh, I released this. And then it got ridiculous. And I started posting uh, Zorro memes, like gifts, you know, as like a beacon call, like a, like a Batman, you know, and so, so that, that's how, that's how it started going and um, started having a lot of fun. But, you know, the, the artwork itself, I'm, I'm going to say, honestly, like, I, you know, I have the artwork on my mural uh, in my, you know, in my kitchen and it, it's kind of, it's go through, it goes through a playlist and stuff. But I mean, I see those pieces and I'm actually really proud of them. I don't know what, what it was at that period, but um, I just look at them and I, I just, I'm like, ah, yes. You know, I'm, I'm really like my own worst critic, but those pieces in particular, for some reason, they just really, they really hit. And thanks to all the collectors out there who I can't say, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I was able to mess with anonymity, you know, and that, and that was fun. And I think, to be honest, it's, it might be one of the first an anon public kind of plays because it's weird with crypto and, and the social media aspect. You can use those as a leverage. So you, know, you see all the PFP influencers too, you know, most of them are anon, but for some reason they, they, have, they have clout because of the, of the account that they have. You, know, you, can, you can see the account and how much time they've spent in the, in the space, but you can't see them. There's this cool, like, it's like this glue between anonymity and, and being in the public eye that Twitter and crypto have. So I started playing with that. And, um, and I think maybe it might be one of the first ones to do where I'm, where I'm public and I'm also anonymous at the same time. So, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, d I definitely don't think anyone else has actually done that before. <laughs> mm -hmm. And certainly I can say like your hen private, collection is, is definitely one of my favorite of yours as well i mean it's it's, it's actually the only works of yours that i own is is, is on hand oh, thank uh, you i have a feeling that most artists probably wouldn't be brave enough to do that because you know there's always a chance that <laughs> especially i guess the og artists who sell out because of who they are like if they release something completely anonymously and no one buys it like that would be a big sort of ego hit <laughs> yeah so um, yeah. so, so, so props to you for, for, for doing that. Um, I don't think anyone else will actually dare to do that, but yeah. And then what about the, the techno origami, um, collection, which I think you did with, uh, Max Osiris. Can you, can you talk a bit about, about that and how that came about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the techno, the, the techno origami thing was, uh, it was my, it was my project for sure. Max is, uh, that was during the early rareable days. So, mm -hmm. um, that might be the reason why there might be a mixture in there, but, uh, but, you know, Max and I were, during the early rareable time, we were making so much work. We just had, like, a newfound energy after getting booted from Super Rare. Plus, we had no place to go, really. You know, I mean, I had an account on Known Origin, but for some reason, you know, I felt... It's like when your friend gets kicked off the bus and you're just like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang outside with you, too, you know? <laughs> so, so I, uh, you know, I said, well, where are we going to mint, you know? And, um, you know, we found rareable and we just... And we said, you know, let's just give it a go. And so we, we went like full ham on it and just, you know, we started hitting the, we started selling pieces, you know, and, um, you know, we started hitting that leaderboard up and it got to a joke where it was like, you know, one week I'd be number one and he, one week he'd be number one and, and, and back and forth. Uh, but, but uh, the Techno Origami collection, I, I made that because as we were using the Rarible platform, speaking of the aesthetics of the platform, 
I don't want to say I entirely knew what it was going to turn into, but I knew that it was more it was more geared for collectibles in the future. You know, I would see little things here and there getting released on there. And so for me, I wanted to release like a, like a collectible myself. And I was messing with this new style, which is like, you know, photo warping. And, and I was using Procreate at the time. And, and then I basically take, you know, I take photos and stuff and, and use my fingers to, to warp the hell out of them. You know, it was almost like a like balloon art in a sense, you know, just constantly just folding things here and there. And, and um, I started making like these abstract kind of creatures, you know. And so for me, I'm like, well, this this might be a good little collectible aesthetic, you know. And so so I started putting them on. on well, I was using OpenSea at the time as a, as a as a collection, and then I would route I would route the the NFTs through into Rarible because they would let you list. Rarible was super cool back then. Like you could list stuff from from OpenSea on there, and then you know get the get the sale um, points or whatever. And so, yeah, I was, I was making them through there. And I think I deliberately just decided I was only going to do a hundred you know, um, just because, you know, it was all handmade and stuff, but people were really digging it. And to this day, I actually love it. It's, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's an homage to, I mean, the techno origami, Japanese culture. I was just getting off the vaporwave tip. So I think it kind of like, kind of, you know, a little bit of the DNA is in there a little bit. It's a little fun, but yeah, I, I, for me, I would, I just wanted to make a statement on the, the collectibles and yeah, I guess it was kind of one of the first in there, you know, um, so I'm kind of proud of that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good times. Arthur Hayes, who's the founder of sort of BitMEX, he, he put mm-hmm. out a, a kind of a thesis on, on NFT art collection. And his thesis mm-hmm. was that, that the OG artists w- would basically dominate sort of NFT collections in the sense that they couldn't be toppled, right? Because they were there first and their stuff was going to be the most sought after, the most valuable. And I thought, you know, what he said was kind of similar to how people view Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin was there first. It's kind of the OG, therefore it's most valuable. Hasn't been flipped up to this point. And I thought like, how do you feel about that for, I guess, NFTs, because, you know, I mean, I think it's safe to say at this point from an NFT artist perspective, I mean, the top two, I guess, most expensive artists would be would be Park and sort of X Copy, right? And they're both pretty, yeah. pretty OG in the space. On the collectible and side, and, oh. and Beeple, he, he's, he's yeah. newer, of course. On the, on the collectible side, BAYC has already flipped punks, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wonder how, how, how you feel about sort of this kind of OGs will, will always kind of be on the top versus, you know, anyone you can come in and just kind of make it, so to speak. I mean, how, how do you feel about that? The debate is even going, is, is going on hard right now. Uh, you know, the, the one of ones, the OGs and stuff. There were a lot of artists back then and some of them I don't see anymore. You know, uh, I think uh, you can't rest on your OG-ism for that long. Uh, there was a period where I, kind of denounced it i was like i'm not an og anymore (laughs) (laughs) like just gotta keep things fresh you know but um you know i think i mean there's a lot of artists that were making works on super rare they were pretty consistent and then for some reason they just kind of dropped off and i I didn't hear about them anymore and some of them their works haven't been picked up so for them like the og thing is not really working out right so there's a fine line between being there and seeing things happen and then being consistent and moving throughout the times. Like for me, one of some of my favorite artists, whatever, whatever practice they're, they're doing is able to move decade through decade and be fresh. And, and by doing so their past work, gets more valuable. It's just, it's just a, you know, cherry on top, you know? And so for me, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, 
yeah, I made a lot of works in the past. And, you know, um, some people, you know, put like the, the grail moniker on top and stuff, which is nice. You know, I'm totally, totally blessed that, that they consider it that way. But for me, um, I'm always uh, kind of trying to keep my eye, you know, just looking ahead and just trying to, I'm like, can I make a grail now? You know, like, what is it going to take to to make something that hits the culture now? You know, and, um, and, you know, there's a couple of things, you know, like burning the crypto punk. Like, I think that might be a grail in the future, you know, you know, they had a really, really crazy uh, uh, reaction from both sides, you know, so everyone loved it and everyone hated it. You know? So it's hard to tell who knows, but um, for me, uh, not all the OGs are, you know, are, are coming up, whatever, you know, and I think too, uh, it's nice, but yeah, I mean, like Beeple's the number one highest selling artist, you know, and he came in, you know, at almost the most perfect timing, you know? So it, it's nice to talk about that kind of stuff, but yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like Arthur Hayes, the Bitcoin Maxism, you know, like, no, no, and no, no, throw no shade to him, obviously. Like, I understand. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of a secret Bitcoin Maxi too, but, but in other ways, like, I don't, I don't say, you know, every blockchain is, is you know, there's crap and like, everything's going down and it's only Bitcoin, you know, like that, that, that argument for me, you know, that ship has sailed long ago. So when it comes to the OG art thing, I go, yeah, some artworks that we're making the main past definitely are going to probably be worth, worth a lot. But, um, but also, you know, it's, I think it's up to the artist. It's, it's, it's the artist's like responsibility to just keep moving forward and not just relax on that too. You know, that's, that's one of my kind of fears in the background. Like I don't want to rely on that kind of stuff, you know? I'm more so concerned with, you know, can I, can I do it again? Or can I, you know, can I, can I trash it up again somehow? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So those are, those are my thoughts on it. You know, one more thing. Why is your Twitter in all caps box? Oh yeah. That was just a long, a long battle of, uh, uh it, it turned into, it was more like, okay. So I was, I was on a, an exchange called Poloniex and I used to like from time to time I would type in all caps and I would get banned for 24 hours. And uh, they had this thing called the Banhammer. It shows like Thor. It's a Thor gift. And like just, the you know, Thor throwing the hammer. And I, I get banned for 24 hours. Go back on the exchange the next day. And then I'd probably say something in caps and get banned again. And then it just turned into a big joke. I would literally just go on there and just type caps and get banned again. And I'd just be using the exchange. Like it just turned into a joke. But then that joke kind of filtered through the rare Pepe Telegram chat. Like I got banned like numerous times. And it got to this point where I started thinking about this all caps, like from a psychological standpoint, I'm like, okay, why are people so pissed off about a simple, you know, syntax change, you know, and everybody perceives caps as loud in their head. And so for me, I was like, hmm, I'm going to play with this a little bit and see how far I can take it. And luckily it kind of broke through and now everybody just kind of tolerates it. But I don't know. It's, it's, I just found it funny that people thought it was loud in their heads. Like I'm screeching inside of their brains or something. And so, yeah, it, it just turned into like a psychological thing where I'm like, okay, well, shoot. I mean, if you think that's loud in your head, like, man, you must be, you must get pissed pretty fast, you know? So it was more like a filter. It's like anybody that can handle my all caps is, you know, probably a cool person in real life. I'm not saying that not everyone's cool, but it was just kind of funny, you know, like uh, the, the tolerance level, you know? And so that's how it kind of came out. And then all, you know, I just kept doing it on Twitter and more so it's just a, a nice little laugh for everybody. But uh I guess now it's just stuck. Like there's no way I can type lowercase anymore. It's going to feel weird for everybody. So it's just kind of just stuck to my persona, I guess. I personally get very um, triggered when people use like a period 
uh, in, yeah. in chats. Like, it's like, I, I perceive it as like kind of passive aggressive. And I think a lot <laughs> oh, of people, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like, like little uh, things, yeah. You ask something and then not only do they not type in lowercase, they go like capital N, no, and then period. And then I'm yeah. like, whoa, like chill out, man. Yeah. Like, go like, go formal like with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, and it's funny and too, because I, I started looking into like, you know, okay, well, um, where did, you know, the capitals come from? And all of a sudden I, I look, it's like, you know, oh, it's old Roman script. It was one of the first... Uh, <laughs> forms of English writing on tablets and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, this is actually the original way of writing things. And I looked into like, mm. you know, um, lowercase where I'm like, where did lowercase come from? I'm like, okay, well, they invented that possibly to, because it was, it was easier and faster to write in lowercase. And I'm like, well, we use keyboards now. So there's no point in like, <laughs> so I just literally went down the rabbit hole of that. So now it's like, when people say to me like, why do I, why do I use all caps? I'm like, okay, it's, I, I just tell them well, it's old Roman script. And then the, the, you know, like, what is that? And then they got to go research it, you know. So it's just kind of a funny thing. It's like I just kind of play with it, you know. This is literally a, a doctoral thesis on semiotics, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's just it's it's interesting, though. You know, internet language, internet, you know, just uh, communication, all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess it was kind of messing, kind of messing with it in a sense, you know. It's fun. Robinus, who is your favorite artist? I want to say, you know, I mean, even if it's, it's on the music side, David Bowie, straight up. Mm. And for me, I could say, I could say Warhol, I could say Salvador Dali, I could say Leonardo da Vinci, but David Bowie, for me, he was a fantastic musician, but he also was very knowledgeable on the art side too. I mean, so much so that he played Andy Warhol in that Basquiat movie back in the, back in the nineties, you know? Um, mm. So he, you know, very, very knowledgeable about a lot of different art styles, expressions and so forth. And it seeped into his work. But most people just know him for music, you know. But if you look, you know, uh, just aesthetically what, what he's been able to do, cr it crosses a lot of different styles. And for me personally, I, I vibe with that because I'm doing, you know, visual art, obviously. But I do have a musician background as well. And I've like, you know, I've published a couple of books. I've done, I've done writing. I've and I tried acting a little bit. That didn't work out too well, but just tried a lot of different things. And um, I like I like artists who are able to almost be a master of different ones. You know, that's that's tough to do and to be able to pull it off. So, um, so yeah, David Bowie is pretty up there for me in that regard because he, you know, he's done it. He's done it all. You know, he's done acting. He's it's just uh, uh, he's even done. You know, he, he does he does uh, canvas works and stuff. And um, he's just uh, really adventurous and, and, and able to jump to different things. So. So yeah, I was, it was funny. Yeah. I was thinking about that one and I'm like, do I pick a visual artist? I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to vibe with that because uh, since I do a lot of different things, it's just my heroes are usually the ones that kind of dabble in a lot, you know, and maybe are successful in a lot. I'm like, how do they do that? You know, like how do they, uh, it just blows my mind. So yeah. Star man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, labyrinth. Um but uh, hey, like the, the, this question is getting better and better. We're, we're just getting like answers just never thought of. Um, awesome. Thanks, Ramdas, for, for, for joining us uh, on the show. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. And thank you guys. Yeah, great, great questions too, honestly. I, I love answering those. So thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Floor is Rising. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow. 
and give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Remember to also follow us on Twitter at Floor is Rising. You can reach out to us or send us a question. Just send us a DM at Floor is Rising.